hope for my future. I thank God for what he sent to show me his unconditional, amazing love. I thank God for what he's done. He restored my hope. I thank God for what he's done. He's given me a lot of grace. I thank God for what he's done. Six months ago, unexpectedly, I had open heart surgery. That has not only changed my heart physically, but he's changed my heart and life spiritually every day since. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank God for what he's done. He has shown me his grace and mercy. I thank God for what he's done. He's given me joy. I praise God for all he's done, for always being there when I need him. I thank God for what he's done, the restoration in myself and in my family. I thank God for what he's done in my school life and in guiding me. I thank God for what he's done. He's been my ultimate provider and protector. I thank God for what he's done. He's healed my body and gave me an amazing family. So I thank God for what he's done. He, uh, he transformed my heart, which changed my life. I thank God for what he's done. He rescued me from the bondage of addiction. I thank God for what he's done, being a constant light in my life. I thank God for what he's done. He loved me when I was unlovable. He loved me first, and he loves me still. And I thank God for what he's done.
praise God for what he's done too. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. Good morning, family. Carol and I wanted to say happy Easter to you. Yes, wonderful day. Just watching the lives, seeing transformed lives, looking around, seeing people that I watched come in this last year that were broken and bound, and now they're set free. They're celebrating being free from sin and death. It says Jesus has transformed us from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Notice who did the work. Preach it, girl. He. Yeah. Yeah. He transformed. He did it. He did it. We just have to be willing. I've been to the place where they said Jesus was buried, and guess what? It's empty. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. There. He is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Can you say that with me? Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Can we give him praise? Easter-worthy praise. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dan. I wanted to, uh, well, hear the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead and now I am alive forever. I have the keys of death and hell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those words, those words from Jesus, well, the person who is saying it, well, he's just the baddest guy in the universe. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's the one you don't mess with. And I'm the apple of his eye the object of his loving affection. I am his hope, and he conquered death for me, and you, and you. That's, that's who that is. I, um, the, the background to Jesus making that proclamation in, in the book of Revelation, he's saying it, and uh, the person who's receiving it, the person who is seeing Jesus proclaim that is a person that was very, very close to Jesus. Um, his name was John, the Apostle John. He's the writer of the book of Revelation. John was very young when he met Jesus. He was called to follow him, and John was probably in his maybe seven, some say 17, 18 years old, and when Jesus passed away, he was probably in his early 20s, 21, 22, somewhere around there. When, he, when Jesus left, John had been close to Jesus. In fact, he described himself as the, the apostle whom Jesus loved. He was the one who, at the, at the Last Supper, was, was laying down and uh, putting his head on Jesus' chest and, and communing with Jesus. Jesus was like a father to him, but he was more than that. He was his, he was his Lord and Savior. And he understood. He knew him. He had, he had many, many encounters with Jesus. And, of course, they lived, the, 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 all, all, all of them, all 13 of them, were together for three and a half years, spending life together. John had seen the risen Jesus. He saw him both in his earthly body and in his resurrected body. 
But let me read what John saw in the book of Revelation. And starting in verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the, the feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, and as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. He had in, in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. This is a bad man. <laughs> this is the one who says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down myself. And then, he, then John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now, John had seen Jesus. He had known Jesus. He'd seen him in his earthly body. He saw him in his resurrected body, but he never saw him in his glorified body. And as he sees him this time, he falls on his face to the ground like he's dead. Why? He never knew. He never knew. He had, he had known, he, he, he was the one who wrote, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He knew he was God. But when he saw him, he had never knew. He never knew that Jesus was that. He could have never imagined Jesus in that way that he saw him. We have a limitation, don't we, in, the, in what we can perceive in the, in the grandeur and the glory of Jesus Christ in our mind. And, you know, we do our best, but it comes far short of who Jesus, the true Son of God, the divine Savior, is. And so he never knew, and he's afraid. And he falls to the ground. Uh, people are afraid of a powerful Jesus. People are afraid of a powerful Jesus. People do fine with kind of a, a quaint, gentle, even kind of soft-eyed, long-haired, feminine, weak Jesus. The world does just fine with that. They, they really seem to have no problem with that Jesus. That Jesus to them, you know, I mean, look, he died and, and he was, you feel almost sorry for him. He's, you know, he's, you have a sympathy for Jesus. He was such a nice man and he was such a kind man and such a loving person. But Easter is a time we celebrate and embrace Jesus' power. The resurrection power. See, the resurrection was a power play. It was a power play from a strong Jesus, not a weak Jesus. 
It was a power play from the one who cast out demons and who, uh, who, who caused the demons to tremble. He's, it's a power play from the one who raised people from the dead. It's a power play for the, by the one who healed the sick and cast out all kinds of sickness. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 2, having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. A public spectacle. That's what Jesus did. He wasn't like kind to the demons. You know, I know you missed it. You killed me and it was a mistake. You know, I rose from the dead. No, he wants to humiliate the demonic forces. Jesus made a power play when he rose from the dead. He was, he, he's the strong Jesus. He's the almighty God. And and anything less than that is missing who Jesus is. And the enemy would love for us to have a weak Jesus in our mind. And John, who had already known how powerful Jesus was, who is he, he said. He, he, he was with those who, when Jesus calmed the sea and caused the storm to start, who is, who is this man that even, set, you know, even causes the, the wind and the waves to obey him but in all of that he never knew he never knew jesus was this he never knew he was this powerful he never knew he was this strong he never knew he was this glorious it's this jesus and people who can who come along and find this jesus have problems oftentimes jesus jesus never cowtailed to anyone. Jesus was never fearful of anyone. Jesus, in front of the religious leaders, said to the people, if you, know, if you aren't more righteous than these religious people over here, you'll never enter. You'll never enter the kingdom. You, you, you'll never be my disciple. Jesus slept through storms. Jesus, who confronted a demonized man who, who was filled with demons and cast them out. The demons before started speaking. I mean, if you're in a place and someone is speaking and demons are speaking through them, you know, kind of the exorcist kind of thing. That's kind of scary. Didn't bother Jesus. He didn't go, whoa. In fact, the demons did. They cried out, what, are you here to torment us before our time? Jesus casts them into the pigs, and they run off. The Bible says that the people from the city gathered, and you know what they did? You would think they would go, Jesus, oh, you're powerful. We come to you. We follow you. They would surrender. Maybe they would worship. No, you know what they did? They came to Jesus and they asked him, they, they begged him to leave the town. Jesus, would you please leave? Why? Because people have trouble with a powerful Jesus. They struggle. 
I remember one time, actually, there was this guy my dad uh, used to bowl with. And, um, and so he was having some challenges in his life, and my dad invited him to church, and he came. He had come for several weeks. What, uh, what, what, what he had found out was that he had had cancer, and he had not told my dad, but he had had cancer, a, a severe case, and he had a tumor on his brain, and, uh, and he was not given much hope at all from the doctors. So finally, my dad talked him into coming down and getting prayer, and I remember praying for him. And uh, when, when I laid hands on him, I felt the power of the Lord. You know when you just know, wow. And he felt it, and he kind of backed up. It was just a move of God. And uh, so he went back, and my dad calls me and says, hey, um, this guy had gone to the, the doctor. They were going to do some surgery. They did some tests. The cancer's gone. Gone. And, I, and I'm going, wow, that's cool. I mean, you know, when, it's not like every day you pray for someone and they get healed like that, right? That's a, that was a cool, and, and, and so I'm waiting for the guy to come to church because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to embrace him and, you know, celebrate with him what Jesus did, and he doesn't show up. And so um, my dad calls. I, I was talking with them, and uh, he said he got scared. You know, that man never showed up to church again. God healed him, but he couldn't handle a powerful Jesus. As long as Jesus was quaint, as long as Jesus was just sweet, I can handle that. But that's not the real Jesus. The real Jesus causes the demons to tremble. See, the real Jesus, he is strong. And he is powerful. And he causes those, even that know him, when they see him in his fullest glory, oh, you can't help but bow. You can't help but fall. And you can't help but, but see yourself in the need of the glorious grace of God. You have to. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Even those who, you know, who in all of their pride and all of their arrogance deny Jesus or speak against him, there'll be a day they will fall to a powerful, powerful Jesus. It's scripture says, but he laid his hands on me. So John is saying, you know, he fell down as a dead man, but Jesus laid his hands on him, saying to me, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We say this, only the powerful Jesus can calm our fears. The reason we need a powerful Jesus, because we have a lot in our world that we face. There's a lot of things to bring anxieties and fears and and, uh, and have things we face in our everyday lives that we need. We need that calming comfort that can only come from a powerful Jesus. You know, when you have a weak leader, there's insecurity. But when you have a powerful leader, 
Ah, and you have a powerful Lord who loves you and sees you and knows you and knows what's going on. You can rest in that. Anybody has a weak Jesus? You're always in anxiety. You're always struggling with fear. You're always not sure what is going to take place. You're not sure who can handle the problems. You're always trying to fix everything by yourself. But if you have a powerful Jesus, if you have the real Jesus, if you know the resurrected Jesus, the glorified Jesus, the one who can handle anything that you face in your life, it was a powerful Jesus that calmed the sea. It was a powerful Jesus that calms our heart. That these words that Jesus gave were words of assurance and love to John. John, John, you don't have to be afraid. It's me. I've always been this. He's never not been the powerful Jesus. He was the powerful Jesus when he embraced John. He was the powerful Jesus before John ever saw him in his glorified state. He was always that same Jesus. He says, I am the first and the last. So as he's calming him, he's not, he, he's not um, you know, weakening John's view of who he is. He is the first and the last. Now, what he's referring to, John would have recognized. Because in Isaiah 44 and verse 6, the, the Lord says, the, the prophet Isaiah is uh, speaking for the Lord on this, uh, and as the Lord says, he says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, the Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Now, when he says the Lord there, that's the name of the Lord. That's Jehovah or Yahweh, as some would say. The Lord of hosts. He says, I, I, am the, I am the Lord, the King of Israel, the Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. So it's, what, what is Jesus saying to John? Besides me, there is no God. See, Jesus is proclaiming there's only one Elohim, only one God, he says, in Isaiah. He's the first and the last. And Jesus is that God. He's the first and he is the last. It tells us in Revelation 22, 13, again, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, and I am the last. There's no one beside me. That's why he says that in verse 18, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen? Amen. He says, I, I, I am alive forevermore. Someone said Jesus never said he, would, he, was, uh, he was ever dead. That's a false teaching. Jesus said it right here. So that, you know, th this idea that Jesus never really died. No, he went to hell and he opened up and, in fact, led captivity captive and brought those to heaven that were uh, originally in Hades. He died once and for all, the scripture says, and he has the keys to Hades, 
and death. He has the keys. That was a power play. He didn't come in and say, could I have the keys, please? (laughs) He took them. Those are mine. Strong Jesus. He's the same Jesus who went to the cross. He's the same Jesus as they were beating him and telling him to prophesy and mocking him and humiliating him. At any time, I can see Jesus. You know, I have my own imagination of Jesus as they're beating him and these guys are mocking him. Jesus is going, I could take you. (laughs) And I can take you too. But Father, forgive them. That's Jesus. Folks, I, I believe that the church has too often preached a weak Jesus. A weak Jesus. You know, in churches across the country today, um, there are about 20% more women in church than men. And that's a, that's, that it shouldn't, it, it's, not, it's not that you, there needs to be a comparison. It's not that, and, you know, we're vying for. But let me tell you why I believe part of that is the truth. It's because a weak Jesus is preached too often. And, and men especially, I don't think it's only men, but men especially don't want to follow a weak, fo- a weak leader. They want to follow a strong leader. And Jesus, as he reveals himself to John, Jesus is a strong, strong leader. He is almighty God. He doesn't cower to anyone. And yet, being that powerful, he still loves us. He can be gentle. We kind of lost the value of of, uh, the idea of gentlemen. That's a term that was used because as men oftentimes would be unruly, (laughs) then there were those who would put it under control and they would become not weak, but gentlemen. Still a man. Jesus never lost his strength in being kind and loving. It's his nature. And so we serve a God who is incredibly strong. You don't mess with him. You don't mess with him. When I was young, we go. You get in a room, especially like you're in your teenager, and you would, you would immediately, kind of quickly, um, evaluate. Like if guys were in a room, like in football or whatever, you would evaluate. I could take that guy, <laughs> even if you probably couldn't, you know. <laughs> and 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 that guy, I'm not going to mess with that guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's this kind of evaluation that guys would do. They, they, they look and evaluate. And, and uh, I, can see, I can see um, with Jesus when he walks in the room, you don't mess with that guy. And yet it's that guy who would be the first to hug you. It's that guy who would be the first to embrace you with his love. It's that guy. It's that Jesus. It's the resurrected Jesus. And we serve a God 
So there's no limit to his power. And the best we can do, we weren't even as close to Jesus as John. John knew Jesus. He knew how powerful he was on earth. He saw the amazing power of Jesus. He saw the strength. He he was there when Jesus walked into the temple and turned over the money changers and kicked them out of the temple. He knew Jesus. But he never knew. He never knew. I guess my desire in knowing the resurrected Jesus is that I am in constant pursuit of discovering his glory. Discovering the glorified Jesus. I read about the earthly Jesus. I read about the resurrected Jesus. And I want to more discover the glorified Jesus. The one who conquered death for me and you. And folks... Because he is so strong, you don't have to worry. You don't. You don't have to be fearful. There's a lot of things in this world coming at us, but Jesus, we have Jesus. We have a Savior who can handle anything. And the demons are still trembling. And the day will come when they will be herded together and cast into the lake of fire. Jesus is going to kick them right in. Right? Kick them right in. I don't know where you are. I can tell you this. Because Jesus conquered death, because he died for you, that he is powerful enough to save you and rescue you. In fact, he, in fact, when he died for you, he made a way that you, by simply putting your faith, look how simple it is, putting your faith in in the sacrificial work of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, putting your faith in him as your savior, you'll be rescued. Every sin that you've ever committed, the powerful Jesus wipes it clean, places you under his blood and causes you to be birthed into his kingdom. The powerful Jesus has made a way that when you die, actually you don't die. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and that means this, that when when you say goodbye to this world and this your physical body, the Bible says you, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And immediately, you don't go through the death process that you would normally go through. You go immediately into the presence of the Lord. Jesus himself says, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus also has paid the price for whatever you need in your life. He says, he that did not withhold his own son, how much more will he freely give you all things? There's so much more available to each and every one of us because Jesus is powerful, because he is able, and because Jesus has given 
everything to prove that he will not withhold anything. That's the Jesus we follow and the Jesus we serve. And so if you've not given your life to Jesus, anyone here or anyone online, I would say to you, this is a good time to do it. This is a good time. Jesus Christ has paid the price for you, and you might never get another chance. Today, I invite you to say to Jesus, say, Jesus, I follow you, I serve you, I choose you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my life, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I choose to put my faith in you, though I don't understand it all, but I choose to put my faith in you that you died for my sins, that you were buried and you conquered death. I ask you to cleanse my soul. My soul needs a cleansing, Lord, and I would ask you to cleanse me and help me to follow you. Today, I want to make a, a commitment of my life. I want to surrender to you as Lord and Savior. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you did that, um, would you let us know? And uh, there's a couple ways if you're here. There's, um, there's some connection cards in the back of the seats in front of you, and you can fill one of those out and put it in the box. You can go on, online to uh, CC Anaheim and, uh, and let us know you received Christ. We want to help you in your walk with God. We want to get you started in your walk with God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, um, and uh, I, I would want our hearts to get prepared to glorify God because God's not done with us even this morning. There's some more things that the Lord wants to do in our hearts and lives this morning. And I pray that each and every one of you will, um, will have a, a new perspective, maybe a greater perspective, maybe a determination that you're going to pursue the glorified Jesus, the Jesus who has no limitations. Souls, the Lord blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. 
He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name, so praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place, that he lovingly endured the grave, that he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory.
church. Have a blessed day. Go in the power of the resurrection of Christ. God bless you. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing Hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah.